Praise the Lord. God bless you, everyone. This is Apostle Ivory Hopkins. I am extremely excited to have you to listen to our podcast messages. We are trusting that the Holy Spirit will bless you. We're going to take you into a message in just a few minutes. Amen. Where I feel that God is going to give you insight, revelation, and wisdom through the teachings that the Lord has given us to present before you. If you want to get up with us on our website, our website is pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. It is my pleasure and my honor to bring this anointed message to you where I am preaching and teaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, giving God's people insight that will strengthen their spiritual walk, build their family, and put under their feet the enemy on every level. Now sit back and enjoy this message. God bless you, my dear friend, and thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. I want to thank every single one of you for tuning in to the General of Deliverance podcast. I trust that this podcast is going to be a blessing to you and that you learn tremendous wisdom from the word of the Lord. Of the day's message, we'll be talking about the power you have confronting generational curses as a husband or a wife. I'm going to say it again. The title of the message is The Power You Have Confronting Generational Curses as a Husband or Wife. Let's say, praise God, that one is a believer and the other is not. What authority and what power do you have? Now, I'm going to have a word of prayer and going to take you right into the message. Also, I'm going to take time to say this. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask, Lord God, that you save, heal, and deliver many families that are one is saved and the other is not. One has given their life to the Lord and they're believing God for the salvation of their husband or their wife. Lord God, some have come into marriages that are God's anointed marriage. You do belong to each other, but God has got to work in the area of salvation, of deliverance. And yes, my dear friends, I understand that there. the Bible says, be ye not equally yoked with an unbeliever. But let's tell the truth as the apostle Paul did. Many have already had that experience. And you don't just leave them. You keep on loving them, but you can confront generational curses and strongholds that you see in your unbelievers unsaved mate and or saved mate, but you can see them in their family line. And you have the power as the mate of that person to take authority over it. So Father, bless us to go into this teaching. Amen and praise be to God. Amen. It is on. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to get ready to pull up. Amen. The, the powerful notes that we use in this teaching. And I'm going to tell you how this message actually started. I actually had an individual to uh, uh, ask me a question. And here goes uh, the question that they asked me. Does a wife have standing to deal with generational issues in her husband's bloodline since she has married into the family? Does scripture address this? And I love this question, amen, asking, does a wife have standing are they able to as a mate to deal with generational curses that you see in the bloodline and the family line of your husband or wife now let me say this to you as long as a non-christian spouse tolerates the christian's faith of the other spouse the christian is to remain married 
to the unbeliever. Got that? Now that now I'm saying this up front. The apostle Paul and, and the church ran into this, and we're seeing it here today. As I said, the ideal way in the beginning is not to marry an unbeliever. People want to marry of the same faith, but often this does not happen. Now, this is not uh, Apostle Hopkins on here telling you, go marry somebody that's not saved and everything will be all good. That's not my place, not my call. But I have many wonderful brothers and sisters, and I really, I'm going to tell you all the truth that might make some people mad listening at me. I have met, hear my heart. I'm getting ready to shake up something. I have met people that have married mates that are unsaved, whether it's a husband or a wife, have met mates that are unsaved that often treat them better than some who are claiming the Lord. Now, is the problem that one claims the Lord and is, and is just mean? Or is the problem is one claims the Lord is not following the word of God while the other does not yet understand or become saved, but they know how to treat their mate. Now, that's where that issue comes from. But let's move on past it. Does a wife have standing to deal with generational issues in her husband's bloodline since she has married into the family? Now, here goes what it says in first Corinthians chapter seven and verse 14. Paul addresses it like this. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. Now, isn't it amazing? It is saying that the spiritual strength, the strongest power in a marriage where one is saved and the other is not, the spiritual strength and power is stronger in the believer, is in the one that is born again. It is so powerful that it can have a spiritual effect on an unbelieving mate and even cause your children to have an opening in the spirit, a sensitivity in the spirit, a connection in the spirit with God because of your salvation. Now, here goes what I didn't say. Did I say they automatically get saved just because you're saved? I didn't say that. I said because you, the single believer, the wife that's saved and the husband's not, the husband that's saved and the wife is not, the one that is saved because of the power of transformation, because they have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, the power of that grace affects that family line and will affect that house. Now, look what it says in 1 Corinthians. Hallelujah. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14 in the Holman Christian Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. For the unbeliever husband is set apart for God by the wife. Huh? He's set apart for God by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is set apart for God by the husband. Otherwise, your children will be corrupt. But now they are set apart for God. Are you understanding? Listen to me real good. Most of us that teach on deliverance, understand spiritual warfare. A lot of you listening at this YouTube, listening at uh, the General of Deliverance podcast, you are well schooled on. Well, if you deal with witchcraft, or my auntie dealt with witchcraft and it's messed with the family. You're real good in understanding how witchcraft can affect the family. But has anybody ever taught you to turn your faith 
turn your attention to the truth that your salvation has power to break through the generational strongholds just as the enemy tries to take advantage of. The enemy is actually trying to duplicate what God says is our privilege. I'm going to say it again. The enemy is trying to duplicate in our family line what God says as our privilege. So the unbelieving husband or wife is affected in the spirit by the salvation of the born again one. Yeah, I'm moving on a little bit further. First Corinthians 7 and 14 in the, in the, uh, first Corinthians 7 and 14 in the, uh, temporary Bible says your husband or wife who isn't a follower is made holy by having you as a partner. Now this word made holy. One of the things is talking about set apart as that person is living with you. As that person is seeing how you and God that's in you is operating, it can have a spiritual effect on their life. This is what it is saying. Demons would love to have the, a household that doesn't know the Lord from a lizard so that it can establish its own covenants there. When you became born again under the covenant of the New Testament that was shed in Christ's blood, that's right, day one, when you got saved, you shifted from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son. Let's go on a little bit further. Uh, I'm going to read contemporary again. Your husband or your, uh, your husband or wife who isn't a follower is made holy by having you as a partner. Now, the enemy, with some of you hearing this, you go like, yeah, but my husband don't act like he don't ever want the Lord. Listen, don't let the devil move you. Take stubborn faith and authority. Keep living holy. Keep worshiping and keep holding him up in prayer or her up in prayer. I say this to you people, one of the most powerful weapons that the enemy uses in marriages to, uh, when we've got a spouse with our spouses is for us to get so bitter, so hurt, so wounded until we stop interceding from them. Listen, every, when Evelyn married me, I had strongholds in my life. Are you hearing me? I had bondages in my life. And some of them were irritating and annoying to her. But thanks be to God that she loved. Yeah, I said it. She loved the hellish bondage, the demonic perversion. She loved it out of me. She served the Lord and God broke the yoke over my life and helped me to reach a place of maturity. Now let me move on to 1 Corinthians 7 and 14 in the Good News Bible. For the unbelieving husband is made acceptable to God by being united to his wife. Now, let me tell you something. Did you hear what I said? For the unbelieving husband is made acceptable to God by being united to his wife. I want you all to hear something here. In the book of Proverbs, it talks about whosoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtain favor of the Lord. Do you think that verse is only for somebody that's saved? It, the Bible said, whosoever finds a wife and is talking about unites with someone that is God's God. Whosoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtain favor of the Lord. Let me mess your head up right now. 
even a man that is not serving the Lord yet, even a man that doesn't know the Lord from a lizard yet, if he marries a godly woman, if she marries a godly man, they obtain the favor of God on their life. Now, that favor don't mean everything they do around the right is okay. Stop it. Stop being carnal. Please get spiritual. In the spirit realm, the, it says to the enemy, he might not be saved yet. She might not have given in yet. But I, they are mine, and my daughter or my son is married to them, and I will fight on their behalf for the sake of my child. Let me move on. 1 Corinthians 7 and 14, good news translation. By the way, as you're listening at me, please be careful not to allow the frustration that you see in your husband's family line, in-laws, relatives, crazy, toxic, come on, get to whatever it is in them. Do not allow that to be the supreme strength that you feel you have no power over. Pray and ask God to break and deliver and loose your mate. From the strongholds you see. Let me go on a little bit further. 1 Corinthians 7, 14, good news translation says, For the unbelieving husband is made acceptable to God by being united to his wife. And the unbelieving wife is made acceptable to God by being united to her Christian husband. If this were not so, their children would be like pagan children. But as it is, they are acceptable to God. That's right. You are married to someone and one of you are saved and the other is not. And y'all got children. Guess what the, this is saying? It's saying your children are not like pagans. Your children do not belong to some other deity because one in that family has asked God the Father, has asked Elohim, has asked God the Father to become over you into your life. It affects your children and blood. I please don't second guess the grace and the power of God. Now, some of you listening at me, if I was talking about witchcraft, if I was talking about dreams, if I was talking about marine spirits, you would act like they rule the day and they rule the night. I'm trying to tell you that in the spirit realm, there is a supernatural penetration that takes place because you are saved, even though your mate is not. There is a supernatural thing that takes place that can affect his or her life. And your children's life. Let's go this to 1 Corinthians 7 14 and the Weymouth New Translation in the New Testament. For in such cases, listen to this 1 Corinthians 7 and 14, the Weymouth New Testament. For in such cases, the unbelieving husband has become and is holy through union with a Christian woman, and the unbelieving wife is holy through union with a Christian brother. Otherwise, your children would be unholy, but in reality, they have a place among God's people. Did y'all hear that? Boom. Otherwise, in reality, they have a place among God's people. It's making sense to me, y'all. I say, you know, we had an old hymn back in the day. Somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind. I'm so glad they prayed for me. Somebody in my family line that gave their life to God opened up a portal in the kingdom of God. And that portal in the kingdom of God started sweeping through our family line. And yes, we were, some of us were on our way to hell in a hand basket. But God turned around and saved us. 
Somebody had a husband that was saved, but the wife wasn't. Somebody had a wife that was saved, but the husband husband wasn't. And they almost felt like, oh, my God, what am I married to? That family is jacked up. He came from some messed up, perverted, jacked up people. But you got to know that that ain't nothing but the enemy's camp in that bloodline. But you are a new family and a new creation. Let me go on a little bit further and make this even plainer. Listen at this. Warfare with family line curses. Warfare with family line curses. Praise the Lord. Are defeated by the covenant. Hear me. Warfare with family line curses are defeated by the covenant of the New Testament that inherits that inherits you into the kingdom of God. Somebody say it with me. The covenant of the New Testament inherits me into the kingdom of God. And not only me, but my bloodline, my family line is now going to be affected by the neighbor, brother Ivy. You don't know how crazy they act. The inheritance of this is through faith of what Christ did on the cross. Once again, if I was talking about demons transferring, if I was talking about spirits monitoring you, you could believe that real good, couldn't you? What about God? Listen what it says in the book of Colossians 1, 12 and 13. I'm going to read it in the King James first. And listen at this. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. In light. Now, in the Berean Bible, which I love the way the Berean literal Bible makes it, giving thanks to the Father, the one having qualified you for the share of the inheritance of the saints in light. So, because I am born again, I am qualified to share the inheritance of the saints in light. Not only am I qualified to share the inheritance of the kingdom of the saints in light, verse 13, he hath delivered me from the power. Oh, come on, somebody. Lord have mercy. Let me read this bad boy. Verse Colossians 1 and 13, for he hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Listen to me. As a born-again believer, the reason why my children are sanctified, the reason why my, my mate is made holy or got a holy introduction into the spirit realm is because, because of my salvation. The whole place is being affected by my translation into the kingdom. You've got to understand it. The whole place, the whole family. It's being a, but Brother Ivory, my granddaughter's acting up. My, the, the children is acting crazy. Willie's on his way to jail. I'm telling you, don't let those things move you. They, you have been translated into the kingdom of God, and by the position of your being translated into the kingdom of God, you can now boldly stand before and stand in the gap. You can boldly come towards the throne of grace, and you can boldly stand in the gap. For your loved one. My brother Ivory, they're acting ignorant. That's what the devil does when he knows he's in trouble. The enemy ramps up his ignorance. He ramps up his craziness. But what we need to learn is that the just shall live by their faith. I'm going on a little bit further. Listen to this. 
Christians married to unbelievers will need to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to enable them to profess Christ and live in the light of God's presence right before them. That's right. You have to live it. But, but, but this person is cutting a fool. Live it. Live it. Live it. Live it. Live it. Live it. Did you hear me what I said? Live it in front of them. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God the Father which is in you. Live that life in such a way until that unbelieving person that you're hooked up with goes, Man, I've acted crazy with her. I've treated her some kind of way. But God, I ask you, Lord God, whatever it is that they got, I want to get some of it. You're penetrating the power of darkness. Listen what Joshua said in the Old Testament. Joshua turns around and says to them, my favorite verse here, Joshua 24, verse 15. He says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But here come my scripture. Oh, my God. Every baby, I know you're listening at me as I'm doing this YouTube. Every baby, honey bear, here, listen to this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you hear me? As for me, my brother Ivory, all your grandchildren ain't saved. Brother Ivory, some of your children are cutting up. Brother Ivory, everybody ain't doing right. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will speak that over their life. I will live that before their life. And I will not give up hope. And when I feel myself trying to give up hope, I will ask the Lord to adjust my thinking. Help me to think like your word. Because I have power to break generational curses both in my house and over the family that come under my roof. This word house is bath, and I'm, I'm probably hacking it up. And this word bath also means a house or a family. It means a house or a tent as well as a family. When Joshua said, as for me and my house, he was saying, we will not come under the covenant of the Amorites. We will not come under the covenant of the Amorites whose land we dwelled or the other gods on the other side of the flood. As for me and my house, my house will be the worshipers of God. Look what this Joshua had witnessed. Several shameful behaviors exhibited by the Israelites as they wandered the wilderness with Moses, such as creating a golden calf. But Joshua said, not me. He pleads with his people to turn away from the gods their fathers worshipped in Egypt while, and while traveling in the wilderness. He hoped to show them through revisiting history about God's love and provision in their lives and their ancestors' lives. I'm telling you, you that are married to an unbeliever, live the word. Live the word. I'm th are you hearing me? Walk in the word. Live the word. And don't be very careful of the enemy discouraging you and making you want to just quit. Let me move on with the message. Joshua tells them it was better to serve the Lord who took care of them than false gods who the nation served. I'm saying to you, if you are married to an unbeliever, live that life of Christ, live that part and show them that what you got them too can, can fully surrender to. Listen what it says here in Proverbs 33 verse 3. The curse of the Lord 
is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. Some of us have married into ungodly families. Now, just because, let me kill this, just because you married a man or a female whose family is jacked up, let me tell you something, Solomon would have never got in trouble with the wives he married had he not built temples to their gods. Got that? So what am I trying to say to you? Glad you asked. I'm saying to you that as long as you don't take your faith and step, put it down for them, I know of a family member that is saved. They don't celebrate certain things. A family member of mine. Are you hearing me? They don't get involved in certain things. Now, their mate, it's a relative. Their mate still goes to this or goes to that. But that believer is not bending. I'm telling you, I'm rejoicing because of that woman's salvation with my family member. Because the life she is living, the standard that she has, the morals that she has will rest upon the children and will evil infect him. Listen, everybody knows, glory be to God, this thing is contagious. What we have in God, uh, if you mess around with us, uh, you'll mess around and get influenced with it. Uh, you'll mess around and get infected with it. Please understand this. Listen to me here. Pray against the blindness of the mind because they came out of a family that didn't know the Lord from a lizard. Second Corinthians four, four and three and four. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse three and four. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost and whom the God of this world have blinded their minds with them, blinded my minds of them which believe not. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, my mate, my husband, my wife came from a family that was blinded. None of them did not serve the Lord or they served other gods. Well, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I have the right to take authority over that so that that generational curse, those idols, those other gods will not rule my children nor rule my mate. Listen to what it says here. In whom the, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest, why do they blind the mind? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So you are married to them and you are a light. Let your light so shine. Set the blindness that they came from is broken over your family line, over your mate that's not saved, over your children that don't understand it. Are y'all hearing me? Now, I know this message is kind of tough because some of y'all could have conversations with me. My mate does this and they do that and they don't want me to do it. Hold firm the confession of your faith. Don't fold. Now, here are six steps in order. That you must do. Number one, surrender the full the full surrender of your spouse and family to God. Now, what does that mean when I say the full surrender of your spouse and family to God? In other words, don't try to orchestrate it. Surrender them to God, believing that his word. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Believe in his word that our children shall know the Lord. Believe in his word that the unbelieving, the children are sanctified. My mate will be sanctified. God's work will be done. Are you hearing me? So fully surrender your spouse and family to God. 
But Brother Aubrey, you're telling me to do it. Exactly. I'm telling you as the spiritual strength, as the spiritual covering, as the, and then when I say covering, do not start that Myandra stuff, that Misandra stuff. Do not start this stuff talking about headship because that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is spiritual authority because you know God. Spiritual authority and power through the Holy Ghost because you are born again. Nobody got time to argue that. Number two, confess the sins of your sinning parents and in-laws to God the Father. So whatever stronghold you see in y'all's family line, whatever, listen, when Evelyn married me, she saw certain things in me, in my bloodline, just like I saw certain things in hers. And as we begin to pray, as, as we begin to take authority over them, God began to break them throughout our life. This is what you, you have the power to do this over your mate. Is anybody hearing me? Confess it. When you go there, say, well, brother, I, I, the Lord, I, I, I don't have that gift to see everything. I tell you what, you have that situation. Hey, y'all, if you don't have the gift of discerning what's going on, you have the situation to give you a clue. <laughs> Did anybody get that? I'm going to say it again. If you don't have the gift of discerning to tell what to pray for, you have the gift of situation you're going through to know what's happening, then come against it in prayer. Yes, that's right. Yes, some of your mates came from witches, warlocks, folks in the new age, folks that were doing all kinds of stuff. Yes, they did. And guess what? Hold your ground. Hold, stand firm on the faith and pray against those kingdoms because your home now is under God. But, but Brother Aubrey, my, 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 my husband is the head. Let me tell you something. God is the head of your house. When your husband or mate don't know the Lord from a lizard, you have to hold. And this does not mean rebel. This does not mean always fight. This does not mean uh, he can't tell me nothing to do. Stop it. Stop it. Please stop it. What I'm talking about here is the work of God's amazing grace and love and salvation that has made a penetration through a covenant. You have broke the covenant of darkness off of your life and brought your family into the kingdom of God's dear son. Your home, your family is under the covenant. Well, wait a minute, how can my marriage be under the covenant of Christ? Because you are a believer. The apostle Paul was talking to believers. He was talking to the church, the Corinthian church. Some had came out of idolatry, came out of worshiping other deities. Are you understanding me? And Paul said, still, the believer sanctifies the unbeliever. Also, number three, be willing to fully forgive your sinning parent or in-laws. In other words, you will see things in the parents, in the family line, be willing to forgive. When I say forgive them, meaning they're blind. What you going to be mad for? You're going to hold a grudge in your life. Now, once again, I'll do a message another time about setting boundaries with in-laws. I'll do a message about that. Right now, this message is all about you understanding this question that I was asked. Does a wife have standing to deal with generational issues in her husband's bloodline since she has married into the family? Does the scripture address this? And the answer is yes. And that's all I'm dealing with in this subject. If I got it. Because I am going to come back and do a message on showing you how to deal with ungodly, twisted, drama-filled relatives or family members that you have married into. Going on next, number four, 
break any ungodly soul tie with sinning parents or in-laws. In other words, whatever ungodly soul ties that you see in your mate, that you see affecting your family, take authority, intercede. Stand in the gap. Bottom line, Christian, this is called intercession anyway. This is called standing in the gap. And lastly, number five, break the demons connected to the generational curses. When I say break them, I strictly mean 100% verbally command the demons to leave you and them. Got that? Tell them demons to go. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a model prayer because I'm getting ready to get up out of here. But I'm going to give you a little bit of model prayer. And let me stop and make a commercial right quick. If this teaching has been a blessing to you, we ask you to go to uh, the cash app. That's General Ivory Hopkins, dollar sign, General Ivory Hopkins, and make a $5 donation as a blessing to us, as appreciation to the teaching and love that we're showing here. If you don't have a dime, just enjoy it. Some of you may want to even give more. You can go to Cash App, dollar sign, General Ivory Hopkins. That's Cash App, dollar sign, General Ivory Hopkins, and make a donation. Evelyn and I will appreciate it. Now, getting back to the message, soldier. Now, here goes some model prayers. Just imagine in the generation that you married into, I use this right here that I pray for my grandchildren, my children and grandchildren. Listen, if you see these, I bind spiritual strongholds of witchcraft, drug addiction, date rape, family line, and generational curses in Jesus' name. If you see that in your family line, begin to oppose it. The enemy don't want you praying for him. He wants you talking about him. He wants you to fussing at him. He wants you going manifesting, but he does not want you to pray against it. All number two, all spiritual attacks and backlash due to uh, 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 that come against the commandments of Christ. I reverse back on the enemy's head. In other words, got that? You ask the father, the friends and relationships they have. May the father keep them clear of evil relationships, evil soul ties that cause them damage because some of you got mates your husband or your wife is hanging out with somebody that you know doggone well they don't need to be fooling with them how many of y'all got seen these situations begin to pray against that and sometimes that might even be their family member got a family member that is messed up one time a lady shared with me I'm, I'm, I'm trying to close down she shared with me she said apostle how do i pray my husband Hangs out with with his brother-in-law, and his brother-in-law is a womanizer. I said, what you want to do is ask the father to separate uh, your husband from being influenced of that brother-in-law. Ask the father, if necessary, cut the ties. Ask the father to open his eyes that he begin to see what the enemy is doing. Are you hearing me? Because I have seen spirits transfer like that. I have seen a husband get hooked up with a family member, a relative or a friend, one of the homeboys. And I've seen him turn around and be another man when he comes back home. He did not act a certain way until he hung with them. I have seen women, sisters. I've seen them get hooked up with other sisters or other people in the family. And they influence them. They ain't got no husband themselves. They ain't got no marriage themselves. And they're giving bad advice that could destroy yours. So just as you are seeing. These particular strongholds, as you are seeing, the enemy use these weapons. The answer to your question, my dear sister, is 
you do have power because you're born again to fight these strongholds. As I get ready to go, amen, I trust that many of you have enjoyed, amen, hallelujah, the General of Deliverance podcast. I thank you for y'all showing up on Facebook Live and YouTube. By the way, I've written about 26 books. If you go on pilgrimsministry.org, that's pilgrimsministry.org, amen, you can see the books that are written by us. We also do deliverance and counseling sessions. There is a charge for my time. They are 45-minute sessions with me. Uh, amen. You can sign up for that on our website. Well, soldiers, I guess I'll get ready to tell y'all like I usually do. I want you always to remember God. He is watching over you and I love you guys. I'm out. Be back with another teaching. This is the General of Deliverance podcast. God bless you, soldiers. Bye bye. Well, praise God. I trust that you enjoyed that message. Well, look, my dear friend, this is Apostle Hopkins. Amen. And I'm getting ready to get on up out of here. Look, if you want to sow a donation and bless us, you can do it on our website at pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. Or you can go to our cash app and make a cash app donation to General Ivory Hopkins. It's just simply General Ivory Hopkins. It has been my pleasure, amen, to bring to you the things pertaining to kingdom, life, and family. So I trust these podcasts blesses you, and I'm going to catch you guys in another teaching. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>